Hey guys, and welcome to Generally Geek, the podcast for geeks by geeks. I'm your host, Lou Gillardi. Tonight's our first show, which is why we don't have any special music or flashiness. I hope to get this fixed soon. Also, I'm looking for a co-host, but I'll have more info on that and how to contact me towards the end of the show. Just a little real quick information about this show. Like I said earlier, it's for geeks by geeks. I'm a self-proclaimed geek, but I'm still a geek, and I'm going to give you the news and reviews of new things for the geekdom out there. I'll talk about anything and everything geek-related. So let's get started. First, I'd like to say thanks to geeknews.net for some of this news. We're going to talk about the military real quick. Last year, the military banned service personnel from posting videos to YouTube. Which is a shame. YouTube is a great source of entertainment, and if it's one thing our troops need, it's entertainment. But, I can understand why the military does that after reading this. It says that apparently some not-so-nice things, or classified things, were on full display for the public. And as we all know by now, the public is not to be trusted. Hey, GeekNews.net doesn't trust you, so why should the military? In any case, today the troops have their own video hosting web service, TroopTube, which is found at www.trooptube.tv. There's not many videos up yet, which is okay because they just got started. But there is probably a funny one. Oh, yeah, there is. Apparently a pair of wives put up a video with a shout out to their men in the 3rd Brigade, 133rd Cavalry. That's cool. Go USA. It's just awesome in my opinion how much the United States puts into the military and how the military is always advancing technology. But at the same time, technology aren't, isn't the only ones advancing technology. Even civilians advance technology. And I think that's just wonderful. We're a great country to do things like this. However, I have to question the military's action of banning personnel from posting to YouTube. Well, I understand that they don't want classified or nasty things up there. At the same time, YouTube was a great way for the troops to get messages home to the family or home to Americans in general. It was also a way for the troops to watch those videos of what was going on here in American life. I mean, come on, our president-elect, Barack Obama, is going to have a YouTube page designed specifically for him and for the White House. For him, what he's going to do is he's going to take Ronald Reagan and FDR's old fireside chats and turn them into video, too. They're still going to be on the radio, folks, so all you old-time geeks will still enjoy them on the radio. But us newer-age geeks will be able to watch them on YouTube as they're happening. I think that's kind of cool. I mean, it's about time our president took us into the 21st century. All Bush jokes aside, but just because he couldn't computerficate or YouTubeificate, doesn't mean he wasn't a bad guy. But in other news, as many of you know who are gamers, World of Warcraft's Wrath of the Lich King came out on the 13th. People stood in line for up to 24 hours. That's a whole day, people, in cold weather. They camped out at night in cold weather. Now, if you had hot chocolate, you're good to go. Otherwise, you poor geek. And I'm saying that in a good way. But apparently... If that isn't a good enough indicator that the demand for this game is hot, how about this? So many people were trying to log on to Lich on its first night, Blizzard's servers buckled under the load. 
with many wait times of up to two hours to get into the game. Two hours, people! That's two hours of trying to get into World of Warcraft so you can level your third level 35 druid to level 55 to get the Death Knight. I was lucky. Personally, I was lucky. I got a beta key while I was still playing WoW, and I got to experience Wrath of the Lich King before anyone else that didn't have a beta key. It was cool. Death Knights are awesome. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, Northrend is a cool place, literally, but also figuratively. The, the landscape was fantastic. The whole game was just great, and I think that's a tribute to Blizzard itself. Blizzard waits and gets a game out when it's done. And that's a true testament to the fans, because the fans are patient enough to wait for that game. But, one thing to remember as far as this goes. Yes, Blizzard could have prepared for the login rush better than it did, as GeekNews.net says. But, you can hardly call this a flop. I mean, if you remember, the first iPhone from Apple also had some activation snafus and problems and this and that and the other thing. But... It still was a great phone that everyone was looking to buy and wanted to buy and wanted to own. Just like with Wrath of the Lich King. People are going to want to buy it. People are going to want to own it. People are going to want to play it and everything else. They're not going to care about the two hours. I mean, they are especially some of the hardcore geeks that stood out for anywhere from a day to three days waiting for their copy, got home, waited an hour or two to install it, and then waited two or more hours to just log in and play. That's a total of almost a half a day, if not more, on just Wrath of the Lich King alone. My hats are off to you. But according to geeknews.net, and yes, I'm going to keep plugging them, this bug and this problem might convince some users to wait a few days, but it's not going to scare them off completely. They're going to wait a day or two and then they go, okay, I'm going to put the DVD or CD-ROM or whatever into the player. I'm going to install it and I'm going to have me some fun. I say good luck on that and have fun. But this is also a game where the quote-unquote average player is one who puts hundreds of hours into gameplay. I can testify to that, people. I put in tons of gameplay. There were times when I admittedly neglected some of my schoolwork. I still passed my classes. But I'd rather play World of Warcraft and have fun with my virtual friends than do schoolwork. I don't recommend that. But hardcore WoW players put in thousands of hours of gameplay. That's why you see Frenchmen getting to level 80 within a day of the game being released. That and the French are smelly and have no life. But that's a different story. But, unless Blizzard is beset by these problems for weeks on end, something I, I and GeekNews.net very much doubt, most of Blizzard's over 1, 11 million players will, will be upgrading. And yeah, they'll continue to, to pay the play and everything else. Now, under the third thing that I could find that I thought was kind of cool, uh, Hackosis is hosting a project on their website that will be analyzed that will analyze the strength of your password without entering your password. Not only that, but the best part is that they will clue in to just about how easy or difficult it will be to use a brute force crack to solve your password 
just using run-of-the-mill PCs. I tried this before I started recording the show, and it's going to be a fairly short show. Probably no more than 10-15 minutes, but that's because it's my first one. But anyways, your, my password is about 13 characters long. The one I was thinking of when I did this at the time. And it has over one... Well, it has a, a lot of... I'm going to guess this is trillions, if not more, in combinations. It'll take 6,963,813.15 hours or 290,159.92 days to crack on a computer that tries 137,438,953,472 passwords per hour. They're trying hundreds of billions of passwords and it's going to take them nearly a decade, if not longer, before they finally crack it. Now, it does say here, this is based on the typical PC processor in 2008, and that the processor is under a 10% load. Basically, what this means is the only real program it's running is the brute force cracker to get my password. If it does that, it's going to take a little longer than a decade to figure out, probably. This is also based on today's processors. Who knows, it might take less time in 2009, 2010, etc., etc. I think that's kind of cool. But, moving on to the end of the show, because I don't want to take up your time, and I want to just I want to get this up so people can download it and listen to it, and let me know what they think. I'm looking for a co-host. I would like someone who is knowledgeable in podcasting. If you're not, that's okay. I do use Skype. I do use Audacity. You can email me at generallygeek at gmail.com if you would like to enter. Please send me a quick MP3 file of just giving an example of what you would talk about, how you would deliver it, and try not to make it too long. I would say a minute, maybe two at the maximum. Please send it as an MP3 file, by the way. Uh, Also, just to let you know, my address for this podcast, as far as the URL goes, is generallygeek.podbean.com. You can also catch me on Twitter at twitter.com slash lugalardi. My name is spelled L-O-U-G-A-G-L-I-A-R-D-I. Alright guys, I'll talk to you next time. This has been Lou Gallardi for Generally Geek, signing out.